Come on. Somebody say, it's a wonderful world. It's a wonderful world. We're starting a new series this month called Wonderful World. It's a series about really seeing the world the way God wants us to see it and really seeing our lives through his perspective. It's a series that will stir up joy, thanksgiving, hope, life, love as we go into the holidays, how to get along with our families, our friends. But really, I believe it's a series that God wants to open our eyes to see that he is with us, he's for us, and he has a great purpose for this season in our lives. So if you got a Bible, go to Galatians chapter six, Galatians chapter six. And I want to preach a message to you today called Medicine for the Weary Soul. Medicine for the Weary Soul. There's been a, a bug going on out there. And um, I've noticed it. I've heard people say, man, you know, there's a bug that's going around. There's some sort of a bug that's just messing with people's, you know, immune systems. And I think the bug is different. You know, we're not talking about COVID. We're not talking about some flu. And don't get nervous going, is the bug here right now? Um, I think a bigger bug that's happening out there is a bug of weariness and just people feeling tired. And, and it's not necessarily sickness, although that might be a result. But I think, there is a, I think there is a spiritual attack on so many people right now of just weariness, just feeling weary. And this is what Paul, in, in Galatians chapter six, he said this, uh, let us not become weary. The New King James Version says, don't grow weary in doing good. Let's not grow weary. In other words, you can grow into this. This can become, you know, something that develops and gets bigger and bigger. Let's not allow weariness to get stronger in our lives. For at the proper time, somebody say the proper time. There's a proper time and uh, there is a proper time for harvest. He says, we will reap a harvest. May not happen when you want it, how you want it, where you want it the way you want it, but a harvest is coming if you don't give up. And so I just got a word for some of us in the room today that God has a harvest on the other side of the work that you've been doing in church, in your heart, in your life, the seeds of forgiveness, the seeds of kindness, the seeds of showing up when it wasn't easy, all of the seeds of perseverance, that God has a harvest if you don't give up. Uh, now, before I pray and we go into this message, I want to give you real quickly just a few things that I'm hearing out there uh, around, not just in Tulsa, but, you know, wherever I'm at, it just seems like there's trending sentences that have been going on. And um, these sentences are coming from people's feelings. And this is, this is one of the biggest, when you find out, like, when you have some sort of a sickness, you want to find out where did this sickness come from? Um, you go to the doctor and you find out, you know, what, what am I dealing with here? And the doctor diagnoses you, here's what it is, here's probably where it started, how it got in. And I think one of the reasons people are weary is because we're given so much room to our feelings. Our feelings are getting so much um, just airtime, and they're taking the driver's seat. They're holding, yesterday, uh, our kids couldn't find the remote control to the TV. They were asking, Dad, where's the remote control? I was like, I don't know. Y'all play with this thing more than I do. So we're all looking for it, and whoever holds the remote control determines what's on the TV screen. Some of us have been giving our feelings the remote control of our mind and what we're thinking about, what we're confessing over our lives. And the feelings that I keep hearing, some trending sentences I've been hearing out there is, I feel tired. 
If you're, if you're taking notes this morning, just write this down. Note takers are history makers, world changers. I remember sermons better when I take notes, but I hear these, these terms right here. I feel tired. How many of y'all said that in the last week, last month, last, last day, last 24? Yeah, I'm gonna get everybody in here. I feel tired or I feel busy. I just feel busy. I'm just going nonstop. I feel busy. And what's so interesting is we're hearing this word busy from people who aren't even working sometimes. They're like, I, I don't have a job. I've just been so busy. Like, I'm, what are you doing? I'm playing video games. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I got, you know, I got to go to Kane's Chicken this week. I had to work five hours. I'm just exhausted. And, and we're, we're, there's a bug going on. Are people just not necessarily living purposeful, but just living tired and busy and aimless? Um, thirdly, I hear the sentence, I feel burned out. I just feel burned out. I'm burned out, burned out on church, burned out on life, burned out on friendships, burned. I'm just done. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I'm hearing this, this sentence right here. I feel sad. I feel really sad. I feel sad about what's going on. I feel disappointed, discouraged. I feel uncertain about the future. By the way, our feelings are not facts. They're just feelings. Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's true. And the, the devil will lie to you through your feelings. The devil will try to convince you that your feelings are a fact and therefore you have to surrender to your feelings. But I wanna encourage you to flip the script today on your feelings. If you feel one way and it's a negative way, do the opposite of how you're feeling. If you don't feel like giving, give. If you don't feel like serving, serve. If you don't feel like forgiving, forgive. If you don't feel like apologizing, apologize. What if we stopped letting our feelings dictate our future? What if the medicine for a weary soul was flipping the script on our feelings and telling the devil, you don't get to determine what I'm gonna do today just because I feel it doesn't mean it's true. The word of God is stronger than my feelings. I might feel like a loser, but the Bible says I'm more than a conqueror. I might feel regretful and guilty, but the Bible says there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm a new creation. Just because I feel it doesn't mean it's true. And we've got to flip the script on our feelings. Here's what I want to encourage us to do, to check a few areas in our life. Check a few areas. Are you guys okay that I jump right into the sermon? All right. If you're feeling tired, check your schedule. Now, this is super practical, but check your schedule. What's your schedule look like? Do we have that list up there? Throw this up there. I'm going to give you a few things to check. Check your schedule. Some of us, we say, I, I feel tired. Well, how, how, how many things do you got going on in your life? Sometimes people will quit on a job, on a marriage, on a ministry, when really they just needed a Sabbath. Check your Sabbath. Number two, check your Sabbath. Don't quit something when you can just take a day off. Take a, take a break. Pull away for 24 hours. And y'all, I'm preaching to myself today. If you get offended, just remind yourself he's preaching to him. He's, pre he's preaching to Paul today. But check your Sabbath. Are you taking a day of rest? Are you pulling away to really turn it off for a second and, um, and really just rest for that day? Thirdly, check your sleep habits. As we're going into the holidays, people get extra sensitive and get extra you know, emotional. There's a lot of drama. Yesterday, I was laying down all five kids while Ashley was doing uh, Encounter. And, um, and she told the ladies that I had help from her father-in-law. He was only there for 30 minutes, babe. He went home. I was with, I was with those kids all by myself all night. So I'm, I, you know, I'm changing diapers. Give it up for the dads that change diapers in Jesus' name. So I'm changing diapers. You know, I'm getting the kids brushing teeth and we're getting them ready. And y'all, they all decided to have a meltdown around the same time. 
And if you've never seen a meltdown, yeah, you've probably seen a meltdown. You've probably had a meltdown yourself. But Ellie, she, it was wild. It got crazy. And I was, I just was like, I'm hands off. I'm, I'm just staying back here. I'm staying 10 feet away till Ellie calms down. Finally, she calmed down. I tried to go to her room. She's like, no, you can't come in my room. And you know, she's three years old. I was like, yes, I can. I am coming in your room. So I come in there and she's crying. I said, Ellie, what's wrong? She's like, I don't know. I was like, are you okay? And she goes, yeah. And I was like, what just happened? This is, <laughs> she just flipped the script. And uh, we, I was seeing all kinds of emotions up and down roller coaster. And, um, and it, so anyways, finally we sat there, just held each other for a second. She just needed to sleep. The next day, she was good. She just needed a solid, sometimes you just need eight hours of sleep. The word of God says he will give sweet sleep to you. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things and we go, you know, I'm depressed, I just need to pray. God says you also need to take a nap too. You need to just get some rest tonight. You need to go to sleep tonight. You need to drink some sleepy juice and just go to sleep for a second. All right, fourthly, check your screen time. Check your screen time. How often are you on social media? How often are you watching TV? The more screen time we have, the harder it is for us to feel energized. Screen time depletes our energy. It depletes our sense of purpose. We just get locked in on screens and we got this screen and that screen and that screen and that screen. And if you work behind a screen, you need to just turn off the screen and go outside for a walk. Go look at the beautiful trees outside. I know I'm preaching real practical, but I'm trying to help you walk out of weariness into energy, into hope this season, and to have, really to have bandwidth, to be able to reach out and love other people around you. Fourthly, check the song in your heart. What song are you singing on a repeat basis? Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, a merry heart is good medicine for the soul. We need a song that gets stuck on repeat in our heart that's joyful. We need a song that, oh, happy day, oh, happy day, oh, happy day. Come on, Sister Act 2. When Jesus walked, when Whoopi was good, he is why. She's still good. She's still good. We love Whoopi. <laughs> We're praying for her. Hey, he washed my sins away. Oh, happy day. Check the song in your heart. What song are you singing on a right? Some of us are just singing depressing songs on the, and, and Proverbs says a merry heart is medicine for a weary soul. If you're weary, put on a praise song in your car. Get a song stuck in your spirit and let that song begin to stir up a merry, get your laughter back this season. Put on a good Hallmark movie or you know what? Just get some laughter, get some joy in your home. Listen to something that's good. Get your mind off listening to all the negative news and all the negative. This week, when you're tempted to get worried, stressed, overwhelmed, you're watching election stuff, if things don't go your way, choose a good song to sing inside your heart. And then next, check your serve status. Because I'm telling you, depression and, and, and uh anxiety and stress and suicidal thoughts, it gets us focused on me, 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 me. I got to go see a counselor to talk about me, me, me. I need some therapy for me, 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 me. I'm not good. I'm not feeling good. One of the best things you can do when you're depressed is get your eyes off you. One of the best things I can do when I'm feeling discouraged, overwhelmed, and I'm thinking about me too much is to figure out who can I help today? 
Who can I serve? Who, who could I buy coffee for? Who could I write an encouraging text message to, a note to? Who can I go visit in the hospital? Who can I go and help? How could I be an usher, a greeter? Who do I need to, where do I need to serve in the church? Show up at the Dream Center for Friendsgiving. Get behind that, that line at Cane's Chicken. Give people chicken. Give people some Cane's. Who can I help? When you start serving, it flips the script on your weariness. Sometimes we think I'm weary because I'm giving out too much. Oftentimes, we're weary because of a lot of other reasons. Giving out actually can energize you. If you've got your schedule in order, serving and helping other people can actually, you never lose when you help other people win. And then check your shepherd. Check your shepherd. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. If your feelings are a bad shepherd for your life and weariness is a bad shepherd for your life. If I'm allowing something or someone else to guide my steps, to direct what I'm going to do this week, I'm going to be on a roller coaster of weariness and exhaustion. Check your shepherd. Who is the shepherd of your soul? Who is the shepherd of your emotions? Who are, have, have we given God access to, to be the shepherd in our lives. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He gives me a Sabbath every week. You know, the Lord took a Sabbath. He worked for six days and then he rested. If God rested, you need to rest. If God took a break, you should take a break too. When the Lord is your shepherd, he starts helping you to find out what to do, how to overcome weariness. I'm giving you medicine for a weary soul here. And then last point right here, check your stayability. Now, we're going to get somewhere with that. And this, this series, I'm excited. We're going to jump back into the Old Testament in this series. We're going to go to the book of Ruth. Go to Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to us today, God. Give us the medicine that we need for a weary soul. I pray, Lord Jesus, this message isn't just for us. It's for our family, our friends, our coworkers, anyone we know that's just been tired, busy, exhausted, burned out. Lord, that this would be a message that just breathes fresh life, a second wind, energy, God, for the tired soul, energy for those who are burned out. Lord, I thank you that we would learn to walk in the rhythms of your grace, a pace of grace. And Lord, that we would begin to see greater joy, greater purpose, greater compassion, greater love for life, for those around us, for you, Lord, that would flow out of this series, that we would fall more in love with you. Light a fire in us during this series, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carlos. I'll call you back in just a moment. Ruth chapter one, the truth in Ruth. In verse one of chapter one, it says, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. The very first verse of Ruth chapter one starts with a famine. Things are not good. People are running out of money. They're running out of food. They're worried. Anytime there's a famine, there's fear. Famine either creates space for fear or faith. Right now in 2022, we're watching people choose a path of fear or faith. Don't let a famine determine. Don't let a famine become the shepherd of your soul or your finances. Choose to have faith even in a famine. God can bless you even in a hard season. God can take care of you even in a famine. God did it for Joseph. God did it for Ruth. God did, God did it for Naomi. God can do it for you. But famines lead to hard times. And so in this moment, there was a man from Bethlehem who moved with his wife and their two sons to Moab. And his name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. And they were there in Moab living there. And it says in verse three, now Elimelech died. We don't know why he died. We don't know how long they had been married before he died. 
But all of a sudden, there's heartbreak that's, that, that enters into the, the story. And oftentimes, the reason why we are weary is because something has happened that was hard in our lives. You've lost someone, you've lost something, you've lost a friendship, you've lost a loved one, you've walked through maybe the loss of a job, but weariness starts to come in, or things, unmet expectations. What is causing you or me to get weary in this season? What is causing you to be tempted to throw in the towel? I want you to just think about that. What's tempting you to quit right now? What's tempting you to, to move past weariness into a place, Paul said in Galatians, let's not get so weary that we, thought, that we feel like giving up, that we feel like throwing in the towel. So my question for you, and I wanna throw a couple reasons up on the screen, what's tempting you right now in weariness to quit? For some, just like Naomi, it's unmet expectations. I was expecting marriage to look like this. I was expecting my husband to still be here right now, but he's gone. For some, it's disappointment. I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed because things didn't go the way I thought they were gonna go. For others, it's discouragement. I just keep hearing hard, hard things, negative news. Paul, there's a famine going on. There's inflation. There's things that I'm worried about. For some people, it's shame. It's fear. It's regret. It's a wrong focus. There's things that are just coming into your life. And I remember when I was younger, this, this guy, he, um, he was struggling with something. Something was messing with his body. And he went to the doctor, and the doctor diagnosed him with something, gave him medication. A few days in, he got worse. He got worse. So he went back to the doctor and found out he was misdiagnosed. Because he was misdiagnosed, they made a medication error. This happens all the time in hospitals, and oftentimes it leads to death. It leads to someone getting worse and worse, and, and doctors don't catch it in time and realize that they had misdiagnosed someone or that there was a medication error that gave someone the wrong medicine because they didn't know exactly what this person was dealing with. Or they did know what they were dealing with, but when the nurse typed it into the computer, there was just one letter that went off and they gave them the wrong drug, the wrong medication. And, and I, this past week, I was looking at stories where this happened. If we take the wrong medicine, if we think I'm weary because of this and we treat it in the wrong way, we can stay weary for a long time or we can accidentally throw in the towel when God actually wanted us to persevere and that there was a medication, a cure for our weariness. For some, we're seeing only the negatives. We're seeing only what's wrong. We're offended. I am hurt, Paul. I'm weary because I'm offended. I want to quit because someone let me down. I want to quit because I don't see a way out of this. I don't see a way through this. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Y'all, that's a lie from the enemy. When God is in it, God always has a way of redemption. God always has a way of getting you through whatever you're going through right now. This is not how it ends. This is not a permanent season. Don't make a permanent decision in a temporary setback. Don't throw in the towel just because you have a temporary moment moment of discouragement. Though a righteous man may fall seven times, he will get back up again. There's a way through this. For some, it's sin. And my question for you is, what is tempting you right now to quit? Where is the weariness starting to set in? Okay, back to the story of Ruth. So Naomi loses her husband. Her two boys get married. A few years into their marriage, both sons die right around the same time. So now you have a widow who now has lost both of her sons. She's overwhelmed, she's discouraged, she's disappointed, she's weary, she's weary. Life is not so wonderful. When she hears people singing, it's a wonderful world, she's going, maybe for you, but not for me. 
When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid for other people, providing food for them in her old hometown, she and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. With her two daughter-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and she set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Now, here's one thing I, I take from this story. I love the book of Ruth is that in order for me to step into the future God has for me, I've gotta be willing to leave behind whatever past I've been sitting in, sulking in. You can't step into your destiny if you're still obsessed over your history. You can't step into a bright future if you're still living in the past of yesterday. And listen, you could sit with a counselor all day and try to figure out what happened in your past, but at some point, you've gotta start living in the future. You've gotta start moving towards where God is leading you. And I'm telling you, what's in front of you is so much greater than what's behind you. You might have seen some good things in the past, but God didn't call us to build museums and just live in the past our whole life. God wants us to start seeing miracles in our future. And I'm all for celebrating what God did in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s, but I believe what God wants to do in the future of victory is even greater than what we've seen in our past. That's not a knock on the past. That means the past was so great. Y'all, we are building on the shoulders of giants. Their ceiling is now our floor. So we don't have to live in this sense of, oh, but I miss the good old days. I miss how it once was. Can you imagine if Naomi just sat there, just going, oh, I just miss what it was like when I was married to Elimelech. I just miss what it was like when my boys were here. And, and there's nothing wrong with missing it. There's nothing wrong with grief. That's part of life. We need grief in order to move forward in the future. But at some point, we have to begin to move towards our future. And we begin to carry those memories and we go, man, I do miss them. But they're, they're probably hoping, they're probably hoping that I'll start stepping towards the future God has for me. When my father passed, I, it's like I could feel his presence from heaven saying, Paul, don't get stuck in depression. Don't get stuck in grief. Grieve when you need to grieve, but start moving forward towards the future. And I just say this for anyone who's lost a loved one. Your loved ones don't want you to stay stuck in depression. They want you to move forward towards your future. God has brighter things in the horizon. So here, Naomi, she begins to move. She's weary, but she's walking towards. This is a picture of so many people in the church. I'm weary, but I'm still walking. I'm weary, but I'm still moving. You don't always have to have it all together if you will just start moving towards your future. I'm so glad that God works through even some bitter people like Naomi, and, and, and sometimes we think, if I'm not joyful, God's not happy. As long as you begin to trust in him, as long as you will give your tears, those who sow in tears will reap a harvest of joy. If you will come to him in your sadness, in your disappointment, in your bitterness, and cry out to him just like David did, just like Naomi did, just like Hannah did, just like Abraham did, you don't have to be perfect to come to God. You can come to God broken. You can come to God weary. If you don't believe me, watch what Jesus says in Matthew 11, verse 28. Look at the message version. He says, come to me, all you who are weary. I love the message version. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? I can already hear some people, and you're like, yes, yes. Is this my chance to answer in church? Yes, I am. Jesus says, are you burned out? Look at that. Are you burned out on religion? Are you tired? Come to me. Jesus doesn't say, Get a joyful spirit, and then you can come to church. Cheer your attitude up, and then you can follow me. He says, walk while you're weary. 
Come to me in your brokenness. Come to me in your burned out on religion feelings that you have. Come to me in your brokenness. The safest place to be when you're burned out, tired, weary, is with Jesus. The most dangerous place to be is running from his presence. To think, I don't need Jesus. I don't need the church. I don't need these people. I'm burned out. No, no, no. The safest place we can come when we are exhausted, bitter, broken, burned out, tired, busy, overwhelmed, sad, is to Jesus. Medicine for a weary soul. He says, come to me. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I want a real rest. You could take a vacation and still feel exhausted after that vacation. You're like, I need a vacation after this vacation. He says, walk with me. This is Jesus talking. He says, walk with me. Walk with you when I'm cheerful. No, walk with me when you are tired and sad. Walk, walk, work with me. Come to work when I've got it all together. No, come to work even when you're broken. And watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. I can just hear God calling out to Naomi, come to Bethlehem. Come and stay with me. An unstable world needs a stable savior. Come and stay. Come and stay. Come with me in your instability. Come to me in your brokenness. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Now watch. As Naomi is heading there, let's go back to Ruth chapter one. She looks at her daughter-in-law. She says, go back. Go back to your own hometowns. Go back to your mom's houses. And I pray that God would show kindness to you the way that you've shown compassion to me. She kisses them goodbye. They weep aloud. In verse 10, they say, we want to go with you, Naomi. We want to go to your people. But Naomi said, no, return home, my daughters. A second time, she pleads with them. She says, why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more kids? Even if I got married tonight, would you wait? And if I had children, would you wait for them to grow up for 20 years to marry my sons again? No, my daughters, don't wait with me. Watch this in verse 13. She says, it is more bitter for me than for you. So her weariness has now led to bitterness. She says, God's hand has turned against me. When people are weary and they're bitter, they start looking for someone to blame. And for Naomi, she goes, it's God's fault. It's God's fault. I blame God for this. I remember reading a book my dad wrote in the 90s called God is Not Your Problem. I read it when I was in high school. And I remember asking my dad, I said, dad, talk to me about the story of Job. Talk to me about stories in the Bible where bad things happen to good people. And he said, Paul, I'll tell you one thing. God was not the author of evil in any of those people's lives. God was not the one trying to punish them for a reason, trying to do something against them. God is not your problem. God did not send cancer into your life to teach you a lesson. God didn't send COVID to you to try to teach you. God is a good God. John chapter 10 says the shepherd, he is a good shepherd. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Now, bad things happen in a world that is fallen and broken. Death happens all around us, sickness, disease, and yet God is still with us. There's, there's, I mean, it's tough to, it would take a whole series for us to explain that and to have a healthy understanding of apologetics. But let me just say this right here. God was not the author of Naomi's problems right here. And yet she needed a scapegoat. She needed someone to blame. She says, God has turned against me and my life is bitter. At this, they wept aloud again, and then Oprah kissed her, Orpah kissed her goodbye, and Ruth clung to her. Orpah said, all right, I'm out. 
I'm not sticking around. She's like, you're bitter. And, and I'm gonna go where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. This is the 2022 motto. If it's hard, leave. If it's uncomfortable, leave. If it's awkward, leave. If you're not celebrated, leave. And yet that sets the next generation up for a quitter's mentality on anything that's not immediately Instagram successful. Instantly, microwave success. If it's not easy, quit. And I, I told our boys this past week, because there was moments they wanted to quit flag football. I said, aren't you glad you didn't quit? They won the championship yesterday. I said, aren't you glad you didn't quit? There's been moments where they just want to quit things. And I understand. I've been there too. I want to quit things. When it's hard, I'm just like, this would be so much easier to just quit. To just quit. And we're seeing this happen everywhere. The great resignation. The great quitting season. Can I just encourage you? Make a decision to stick with God. Make a decision that no matter what, you are not going to quit your faith just because it's hard. And I'll tell you, on the other side of leaning into a hard season, Ruth clings to her. Ruth clings to a bitter woman. This is going to get uncomfortable for a second, but don't leave in this service right now unless you got to use the bathroom. I'll just believe that you're going to the bathroom if you got to go. Ruth clings to her. Ruth does not cling to a perfect leader in this moment. Ruth does not cling to a cheerful leader in this moment. Ruth does not cling to an easy job in this moment. Ruth clings to an uncomfortable, bitter woman, someone who's telling her to leave. And Ruth says, I'm staying. In verse 15, Naomi tells her again, I said, leave. When are you going to go? When are you going to quit being around me? I'm not good for you. Your sister-in-law is going back to her people. Go with her. And I love Ruth's response in verse 16. Don't ask me to leave again. Don't urge me to go. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. This is coming from a woman who just lost her husband. This is coming from a woman who's weary from weeping, a woman who is weary and discouraged from unmet expectations, disappointment. But what you don't hear in Ruth's words is any blaming on God or any anger at Naomi. All you hear is these, these beautiful words of loyalty, these beautiful words of commitment. She says, I'm gonna go where you go. I'm gonna stay where you stay. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her. Isn't this a beautiful picture of friendship? That they're friends through the highs and lows. They're friends through the good times and the bad times. They're friends for richer or poor. Where is this language today in our world that we feel like we've got to be done if it's not easy? And I just want to give a, a big, you know, I was talking with someone recently. They said, you know, we throw up a lot of parties for people that are leaving, going away parties, going away. People who've only worked for like six months, throw them a going away party. What did they do in six months, Pastor Paul? <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with throwing a going away party, honoring someone who's worked hard somewhere. But what if we started throwing parties for people who just stay? Like, what if we just started celebrating the stayers? What if we started having stay parties? That people who have just stayed by the stuff. 
I just want to shout out Grand Grand and Pastor Sharon, who've just stayed in this church, who've just stayed faithful, who've just stayed in a role of serving this house. And Grand Grand is coming up on 99 years old in just a few months. And she has stayed on earth for a purpose, with a purpose. Mom, you have stayed at Victory Church through transitions, through hard times, through deaths in the family. You've stayed on that front row. You've stayed in a place of cheering on the next generation. You've stayed in a place of serving this house. You've stayed in the place of encouraging your children. You've stayed. I just want to give it up for the stayers in the room for a second. Can we cheer on some staying people who've just stayed when they could have left, when they could have quit, when they could have thrown in the towel? Can we cheer on some stayers in the room today? If you've been a part of this church for 20 years or longer, would you just stand up? I want to cheer on some stayers in the room. You've just stayed here. You've stayed faithful when you could have left. You could have gotten offended. You could have said, I'm out. This is uncomfortable. But you stayed. You stayed, Terry Henshaw. You stayed. You stayed, Miss Opoff. You stayed, CJ. You stayed. Can we cheer on some people in the room? Ryan Wakely, Bill Myers, Leslie Myers, Wendell Hope. You stayed. You stayed. You stayed. And it means the world to me. Can you stay standing just for a second? If you've been here longer than 30 years, would you stay standing? Longer than 30 years, you've been a part of a church for 30 years. Any church you're a part of for 30 years is a big deal. Around the world, this is a huge deal. This is big, John. This is huge. This is big, Ron. If you've been part of Victory for 40 years or longer, 40 years, Debbie, Debbie, who used to be Ramirez, Debbie Barker down here. Come on, Debbie, you stayed with it. Mona, you've stayed with it. 40 years, Dr. DeMuth, come on, can we give it up for some people who just stayed faithful? Faithfulness is a huge deal in 2022 because we're looking around the world and there's not many faithful people left. You stayed. And I just wonder what the message is in this moment here. Because sometimes when we're weary, it's so easy to quit. Sometimes when we're weary, we think the medicine is just leave. But while Ruth is weary, she says, I'm staying. The last thing I asked you to check was check your stayability. Your stayability is connected to your stability. Stability. An unstable world needs some people who are willing to stay when it's hard some people that are willing to stay. What is God asking us to stay in? He's asking us to stay with his people. He's asking us to stay in the ministry he's called you to, stay in the mission he's called you to, to stay in the marriage that he's called you to, to stay in the community that he's called you to, to stay in your convictions in a world that's compromising left and right, to just stay to stay even when there's unknowns, uncertainty, question marks about the future, to stay in faith, to dig your heels in and say, Naomi, don't ask me again. I'm staying. Don't ask me when I'm going to leave. I'm here. I'm here. You're bitter. You're uncomfortable, but I'm still here. Like Ruth's not lying. She's like, you're not an easy person to stay with, but I'm still here. And I love that God moves through people that aren't easy. God moves through some stubborn women. (laughs) 
We need some more stubborn. <laughs> no, we need, we need some people that dig. So Naomi comes back. Naomi comes back. And when she gets to Bethlehem, there's a stir in the town. They say, is this Naomi? Doesn't look like Naomi. She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because God has made my life very bitter. I, I, I went away full, but I've come back empty. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. I feel afflicted. I feel weary. I feel exhausted. I feel burned out. But I'm here. The best place to be is here when you're tired, when you're burned out, when you're afflicted. Come to me, Jesus says. Come in your weariness. Medicine for the soul. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Come to Bethlehem. Make my heart your Bethlehem, God. So Naomi returns from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, two weary women. I want the band to come out. And the last verse of Ruth chapter one is literally the opposite of the first verse of Ruth chapter one. Ruth chapter one's first verse starts with the famine. But the last verse says, right as they got to Bethlehem, harvest was beginning. And when I read that this last week, some of you have walked through some 2022. Some of you have walked through some 2022. Anybody walk through some stuff in 2022 and you're just like, I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm weary, but I'm here. It's not been easy, but I'm here. And when I saw that harvest was beginning, y'all, we're walking into harvest season right now. Literally on the calendar, it's harvest season. But spiritually on the calendar, it's harvest season. At the proper time, you will reap a harvest, Ruth, if you don't give up. At the proper time, Naomi. Little did they know that they were arriving at just the right time. Weary, exhausted, broken, tired, but God was about to do a miracle. In chapter two, verse one, it says, now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Thank God for Boaz. You don't wanna be with Boaz's cousins. I'll tell you about his cousins next week. You gotta come back for part two next week. We're gonna talk about how to avoid Boaz's cousins. But here's the point. God was introducing the kinsman redeemer. God was introducing in the midst of their weariness, God was setting them up for favor in a famine, favor in a hard season. There's a reward if you don't give up. There's a harvest coming if you don't quit. If you're disappointed, stay in the ring and choose where you're gonna be. Ruth chose, these are my people. This is my place. Watch this in verse two. Ruth gets up in the morning. She says, let me go to the fields. Let me serve. Let me pick up the leftover grain. She tells Naomi. Now, Ruth is sad, just like Naomi. She's lost her husband too. She's hurting. But instead of looking at herself in the moment of depression, she starts looking at who can I help in this moment? How can I be a part of the solution? She's got a worker's heart. She says, let me go to the field. Let me pick up grain. Let me serve you, Naomi. Let me help you. Naomi said, I can't get out. You go ahead. You go ahead. So she goes out. She enters a field and she begins to work in the field. 
I'm so thankful for faithful people who just work in the field. They're working in the nursery field. They're working in the parking lot field. They're working in the youth field. They're working at the Dream Center field. They're working in the Victor Christian School field. Just people who are just out there serving, just serving, helping. As it turned out, while she was working in a field, it just so happened to belong to Boaz. When Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, he said, who is that girl out there working? This last week was my wife's, um, my, her mom went to be with the Lord a year ago. It was the anniversary of her mom passing away. And I asked her if I could tell this story, but I went to her maybe a week and a half ago. I said, hey, what do you wanna do coming up on this one year anniversary? You know, I remember when my dad passed that first year, every, all the memories are just right in your face. And I said, you wanna, you wanna I don't know, you wanna go do something, you wanna get out of town for a day? And she said, you know, I just wanna go to that hospital, that same hospital where she was. I wanna go to the same floor. I wanna go to that same room. I said, are you sure? She said, yeah. I said, what do you wanna do there? And she said, I wanna go pray for people. I wanna go encourage the hospital workers, the nurses and doctors. She was sad, she was weary, but she was walking. I'm so thankful for a wonderful wife. And she goes, and so we went to the hospital and tears coming down the eyes. And she just went there and she said, let's get some gift cards from Walgreens or CVS. So we get some gift cards and we go up there. We just start, she starts talking to nurses. They're saying, what are you doing here? She said, well, this is where my mom was last year. And she starts encouraging them, starts praying for them. One lady, after we got done praying for her, she had to come and find us 15 minutes later. She said, doctor just came in the room. After you prayed for me, they found what was actually happening with my husband. Now his bladder's working again. And he's actually just had his first, you know, using the restroom after several days of not being able. God was moving in our weariness. You don't have to be perfect for God to move through you. You don't have to have it all together to show up. But I'll tell you, Compassion is a beautiful medicine for grief. Generosity is a beautiful medicine for lack and pain. Sometimes we think I'm hurting, so I need people to give to me. I'm, I'm poor, so I need people to give to me. But let the poor say I am rich. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the blind man say I can see. See, when we give out, when we serve, even when it's hard, healing starts to happen. She could feel it, I could feel it. God was doing a healing work in my wife's heart, just being in that place. And this is what Ruth is doing. She's serving in a hard place. She's sowing in a hard season. She's reaping a harvest, but she's tears coming down. Little does she know God is setting her up for the greatest. I want y'all to stand to your feet all over this place. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Isaiah chapter 40 because I felt like God told me to. But before I do, anyone who's just walking a little bit weary right now, would you just bow your heads, close your eyes if you're here today? And the enemy has just been trying to weigh you down with some weariness. You've just felt tired lately. Would you just raise your hand up? I want to pray for you today. Anyone today that just says, man, I'm just feeling, I've just been a little weary lately. Tired. Yeah, from the front to the back. Hands going up all over this room. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. If the enemy's just been messing with even your immune system, if you just felt like, man, I just feel weak lately. I've just felt tired lately. If you felt burned out lately. You're in the right place, my friends. You're in the right place, Naomi. You're in the right place, Ruth. You're in the right place. If you feel disappointed, if you've just felt maybe let down, 
I want you to come down to this altar. Every hand that was raised, any person in the room that just, you just need a fresh touch from heaven. Strength. If you've been weary in your soul, weary in your heart, weary in your marriage, weary in your work, weary in your faith, weary in, in just following Jesus. If, it, if there's been tiredness, if there's been exhaustion, if there's been burned out feelings, if you've just been disappointed, if you've been discouraged, if you just need strength right now, you're just saying, I just need strength. I'm telling you, one of the best medicines for a weary soul is worship. One of the best medicines for a weary soul is worship. Just shifting your confession away from what's wrong with you to a place of what's right with God, that he's still on the throne, that he's still with you, that he's still on your side. Come on, if you're here today and you just need God to strengthen you, come down to this altar. If you're weary, come down to the altar. In Isaiah chapter 40, he says, comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim over Jerusalem that her hard season is coming to an end. That her sin has been atoned for. That she has received double the mercy for all of her sins. Yes, God has paid her debts in full. There is a voice calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and the people will see his glory together. A voice says, cry out. What shall I cry out? All people are like grass. Their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. Here today, gone tomorrow, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up and do not be afraid. Here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. His reward is coming with him. His recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a good shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young who can measure the waters in his hand or the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who can hold the dust of the earth in a basket? Who can weigh the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord? Who instructs God as his counselor? Who did God consult to enlighten him? Who taught him the right way? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy. He spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught. He reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted. No sooner are they sown. No sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither like a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare God? Who is his equal? Lift up your eyes, look to the heavens. Who created all of these things? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one. He calls forth each of them by name because of his great power, his mighty strength. Not one star is missing. So why are you complaining, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from God? My cause is disregarded by God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow tired. Your God does not get weary. His understanding 
me no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will walk and not be faint. Just close your eyes all across this place. Just receive from God today fresh strength. Receive that medicine today. He's with you. He's for you. He loves you. He's not abandoned you. He's giving you strength. He's giving you peace. He's giving you hope. He's giving you life. Your best days are not behind you. You are not defeated. You are more than a conqueror. You're not forgotten. You're not abandoned by God. He's not forsaking you. He's not walked away from you. He's not forgotten your prayers. He's not forgotten your needs. He's giving you the mind of Christ. He's changing your heart. that fall down your cheek when you're lying in bed trying to figure out why it happened this way, how you're going to get through it. God sees you. He's not forsaken you. He's not condemning you. His mercies are new for you this morning. 
He says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's not finished with you. He says, I know there were some good things in your past, but your future is bright. He says, I know you've walked through some struggles, some trials, but he says, you're coming out stronger on the other side. Your faith is being refined. Just like a diamond, you've gone through the cuts, you've gone through the heat, the pressure. God says, I am refining you. I'm renewing you. I'm reforming you. He says, your cause is not disregarded. Your prayers have not been, your prayers have not fallen on deaf ears with God. He says, I've heard them. He says, trust me, trust that I'm working even when you don't see, even when you don't feel, even when you are tired and weary, don't lose heart. For at the proper time, harvest is coming, Ruth. Harvest is coming, Naomi. I hear God just saying, I know you, you've been trying to figure out why it happened or who caused it. You've been looking for where to put the blame. Maybe you've blamed yourself. But God says, that's a waste of time. From this day forward, don't even look back. He says, I want you to look ahead. Because where I'm taking you is greater than what you've walked through. Joseph, don't get caught up just dwelling on the past. What your brothers did. What happened in that prison. Don't get stuck singing that song about what you've walked through and how bad it's been. Get a song of hope. Get a song of what I'm about to do in your future. Raise a hallelujah, even though you've walked through some hell. Raise a hallelujah. Tell the devil he doesn't have the final say for your story. He doesn't have the final say. For t Listen, you've walked through some 2022. You have been through some hard 2022, but God says you are finishing this year. You might have started in a famine. You might have been walking through some hard things, but you are gonna finish in a harvest season. Barley harvest is here. God says, get ready. I have brought you to Bethlehem for such a time as this. I have brought you to the end of 2022. And God says, you're gonna give more than you've ever given. You're gonna see greater miracles than you've ever seen. You're gonna see turnaround and things you've been praying for, that you've been weeping for, you've been waiting for. But God says, don't wait for, for other people to, to uh, don't wait for what other people do to determine when you're gonna see the breakthrough. The breakthrough is not up to them. The breakthrough is up to you and God. That if you will dig your heels in and say, I choose to worship even in my weariness. I choose to believe and to serve and to give and to grow and to release everything that I've been holding on to. God says, that's when the breakthrough begins. It begins inside of you. It's not up to them, it's up to you.
this vision and it's odd but I gotta say it because I just feel like God's telling me to say it um, there was a movie that came out in the 90s called Angels in the Outfield and there's this moment where the pitcher is just exhausted and he just can't throw another pitch and this angel comes up and starts massaging his soul shoulders if you ever saw the movie you know what I'm talking about but the pitcher he starts getting his strength back and there's angels that are all working in the outfield. They're all helping, you know, in the infield too. And um, I just saw this picture when, when some of you were down here in this altar that there is, there's unseen angels that God has sent to just give you strength. It's like they're just coming up behind you and they're just giving you like, you're just getting that massage. But the, I feel like God's just saying, you're not alone. You're not alone, mister. You're not alone, ma'am. You're not alone. You're not, you're not by yourself out there. You're not, you're, God did not bring you this far to forsake you, to abandon you, to leave you high and dry. God's gonna give you a second wind. He's gonna give you fresh strength. He's going to help you this week. I think this week you're gonna run into people that he's gonna use you to encourage, minister to. There's gonna be moments even at a restaurant, you're gonna help someone who's weary. There's a weary um, waitress that I just see in my mind and, and a waiter, someone is just exhausted. God's gonna use you to help them. And in turn, it's gonna do something healing inside of your heart and mind. Just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I surrender to you. I receive your strength. I receive your grace. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead. You've given me resurrection life. 
So I'm getting back up and I'm moving forward. And I thank you for strength, rest, grace, peace, joy, hope. I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness. Lord, you are with me. You are for me. And my best days are right in front of me because you live inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen.